Dennis is thankful that he's back. He's been looking at different churches there. You know, Woodland Park can be a little, little crazy there. Piano can be crazy too, but the Woodland Park can be a little crazy and different things. You know, I don't know if you know that there was actually a pastor around there that was uh, had his twelve apostles. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, with his 12 apostles and walking around, thought he was a pretty big hot shot. You know, he's got his 12 apostles around and here comes Holy Week and he looks at one of the apostles and says, well, you got to kill me. It's Holy Week. The apostles go, well, it's one thing to follow you, but it's another thing to kill you. I don't know if we can kill you. He goes, hey, look, it's Holy Week. You need to, you need to kill me. And so the apostles are all baffled and they say, what do we do? So they went to the police station there in Woodland Park and they asked the guy, they go, hey, uh, to the police chief, what should we do? We're one of the 12 apostles here and so-and-so is saying he's Jesus and he wants us to kill him. What do we do? Police chief looks at him and says without hesitation, kill him. He goes, kill him? Yeah, just go kill him. It's okay. You mean we can kill him? Everything's all right? Yeah, kill him. Everything's fine. But if he doesn't raise up in three days, you're all going to jail. <laughs> Not a bad one or what? <laughs> Where are we, huh? That was not a bad one. How many of you like that one? How many of you like that one? Yeah. All right, go on. Yeah, you gotta like that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, a rough crowd, boy. I had a rough one. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Let's give a round of applause to the youth that helped out and everything that was going on here. Amen. Amen. So the question is, now we get to the serious after the jokes and all that, is how do we deal with the reality of death? A year ago, I was in an empty auditorium preaching on a Saturday, not Easter, and we taped it, and that was the only service that we taped. Um, the rest were always live, but for some reason, that one we did taped, and... Um, and who would have known that a year later, the people in our lives that are not here today. And I'm not just saying that died of COVID. Uh, I think of Grandpa Tom. And, um, and the fun that we had together and the things that we did together. And, um, and his joyful spirit and his seriousness at times. And then... His joke that would come out of nowhere and then be serious again. Just a great man. And I'll talk more about him. One of my favorite professors, Dr. Myron. Um, great guy. Uh, loved the Lord. Never married. Never married. Uh, had a thousand books all over the place. He had books in his oven. He would put books in his oven because he had no space in his house. I mean, he loved books and he passed away last year and then I, I think of my good friend and coach um, Steve Collier and his two sons who died in, in a car crash um, going to a World Series game and, um, and a car came over and hit them hit two cars and all three of them died how, how do you deal with, with that? Death is a, a reality that a lot of us hate to face and have a hard time really dealing with um, in our lives. 
And, and, here, and here's the problem. As we start this text and we begin here and we got reasons to hope and we're going to talk about it in First Thessalonians. But notice how Paul starts off the passage. He says, but we do not want you to be what? Uninformed or to be ignorant considering this or, or really to get this misinformation that is out there. Or the false teaching that is out there. Or people's opinions that have nothing to do with the Bible. Let's be careful with that. Because they're all out there. It's amazing when the coronavirus started a year ago in March. How many people were experts on everything that had to deal with the coronavirus. Who knew nothing about the coronavirus. This is what works, and this is what doesn't work, and this is what's going to happen, and this is what's not going to happen. And fights and media things, and you watch on one station what they say, an expert, they got expert so-and-so here, and then they got expert so-and-so, and both experts knew nothing. And now different things are going on. Um, the vaccines. <laughs> I just heard of a guy that got the vaccine. This is amazing. He got the vaccine, and, and afterwards he couldn't see. He's all blurry and all this, and he's all worried, and he's trying to drive, and he's all over the road, and he calls the hospital. He goes, what did you give me? The vaccine I can't see. They go, hurry up and come back. You left your glasses on the table. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> Why get no clapping at all? It's a rough crowd. It's Easter. Come on, we got to have some fun here. I, I was dying to get that one in. It's actually in my notes here, too. I, I, I'm, Point three hundred and B right here. Here we go. But we come uninformed. Notice about what he says here. Uninformed about what? About those who are asleep. I like how he uses the word sleep there because death is not final. Death is like a nap. You take a nap and you're up, you, which you're probably going to do here in a moment. But a nap and you're up. Uh, death is like a, a night's sleep and you're up. It's not permanent. It's just like sleep. You're, you get up. And, and really what happens when somebody dies? It's, you don't need to be a scientist to figure this out. The Bible is very clear. When somebody dies, the material part, the, the body of the person is separated from the immaterial part or the inside, the soul, the spirit, however you want to break that up. Some people say, I'm a dichotomist. I'm a trichotomist. Whatever you want to say, how far are you going to go? You got the soul, the spirit, the conscience, the heart. You can go to a thousand. It's the immaterial and the material part. The immaterial part is separated from the material part. What happens to the immaterial part? Well, those who are in Christ go to be with the Lord. Those who are not in Christ go to be in a place of eternal torment. There is no in-between. It's one or the other. But the moment that somebody dies, whether they're saved or not, the, the material part of them is separated from the immaterial part. Don't be ignorant about this, he says. Don't be ignorant about those who fall asleep. And here's why, if we're ignorant, he's talking about believers here. Don't be ignorant about your believer friends who have fallen asleep so that you will not grieve as those as do the rest who have no what? Hope. Now, the Bible doesn't say don't grieve. It hurts when someone you love dies. It hurts a lot 
when the coach died, I just remember sitting there in my bed that night and I just couldn't stop the tears falling from my eyes. It hurts. It still hurts. It doesn't say don't grieve. He says don't grieve as those who have no hope. There's a difference. Because there are some people who are grieving and who are scared and who really don't ever think they're going to see somebody after they die. So they grieve and they scream and they yell and they grieve to the point where they don't eat. They grieve to the point where they don't sleep. They grieve to the point where they don't function. He says, don't do that. Don't be ignorant here. Don't be uninformed. Don't grieve as those who have no hope. Why? Because we have hope. And you say, where is our hope? This passage tells us two places where our hope is. And we really need to have our hope in this. And this is amazing when we study this out. Some of you, you're like, yeah, I know this. But really, let's study the passage out. Notice where he says our hope is. Our first thing he says here. And oh, wait, I missed this quote here. I'm sorry. I love this quote. Let's go back to it. Mark Twain. I love this. The problem with the world is not that people know too little. It's that they know so many things that ain't so. Isn't that a good one? Yeah, I love when people give me their opinion. You know, your opinion. It's quote Mark Twain in them. That ain't so. That's not what happens. And let's go to the reasons why we do have hope. First reason why we have hope is the hope we have is in the resurrection. Look at this. He starts off by saying this. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Stop there. He's given us the condition of our hope. The condition of our hope is nothing else but the gospel. Our hope is based on what? That Jesus came and that he what? Died. And we looked at it Sunday, uh, Friday. I'm sorry, I don't even know what day. Friday, we looked at it Friday and why he died and some of the reasons why he died. He died to appease the very wrath of God the Father. He died in our place. He died for our sins. He was our substitute on the cross. Jesus died, but a dead Savior does nothing. Jesus did what? It says here, rose again. Now here's what he's saying. If you believe this, if your trust is in this, or we can translate this, since your trust is in this, now that you have your trust in this, and let me just say this, if your trust is not in this, I'd be worried. I'd be scared. I would hide. I would buy all the toilet paper you can find. (laughs) And I would go hide. I would do everything I can to prevent it. I'd change my diet. I'd exercise better. I'd do all that I can to prolong it. I'd be scared out of my mind if I didn't believe this. But he's saying, but since you believe it, since you have put your trust in Jesus Christ who died, he died what? To purchase our redemption. He rose again to prove that we are going to be saved. Here's what's amazing. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, guess what's going to happen? Even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep 
in Jesus. Here's what Paul is saying. Don't grieve as those who have no hope because those people who have died in Jesus will rise again with Jesus because the same God that rose Jesus up from the dead, God the Father, is the same God that will rise you up from the dead, raise you up from the dead one day as well. Even so, God will bring. And here's what's amazing about the resurrection. Are you ready for this? The resurrection of Jesus guarantees our resurrection. You say, Jeremy, where is that in the Bible? Look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. Knowing that he who is raised, who raised the Lord Jesus, will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. It's a guarantee. The same God who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up as well. And so he's saying when you, when you see people around you dying and you're, and you're grieving over this and you're seeing all death around you, don't grieve as the world. Understand this, that, that those who are in Christ will raise up again. But notice this here. We have hope not only in the resurrection, but how about if I told you this? Some people like uh, Charlotte's Web. You ever watch that? Anybody watch Charlotte's Web? You like that? You like that classic? And they're like the pig. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Chin up. Chin up. Everybody loves a happy face. Maybe I should sing the song. What if I told you something here? What if I told you you may not die? You say, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jeremy, the statistics are tremendous. One out of one dies. <laughs> I mean, you can't get any better odds than that, huh? But how about if I told you, you may not die. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where is that in the Bible? It's right here in this text. You see, Probably it may happen that we die, but there is a possibility and a very good possibility that we don't die. How is that possible? Because of the word rapture. Now watch this. They're saying, all right, yeah, I'm not going to grieve if somebody doesn't have any hope. But, you know, I'm still alive. I mean, what's going to happen to me? Watch this here. Watch this. You like the order of events. Some people say, Jeremy, I'm not going to believe you right now because you're going to talk about the end times. I'm not going to believe you. Here's what Paul says in verse 15. You don't have to believe me. Here's what the Lord says. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. Don't believe me. Believe God. This is what the Bible says. This is what's going to happen for those who are still alive. And I'll tell you, we're living in exciting times. I mean, really exciting times. Now, be careful. Everything that happens on the news doesn't mean that Jesus is going to be back in a second here. All right, okay, all of a sudden you see something, oh, that's it, that's it, Revelation, but he, there, here he is. Be careful, because we're going to see in a moment, he's coming, unannounced, sudden, boom, it's going to be amazing. But he says right here, he says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, you believe God's word, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Here's the order of divine service. You want the order of service in God's book. Here it is in verse 16. The first thing we're going to have here is there's going to be a return. Watch this. 
For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. Now, this is interesting. People try to divide those three things up and we probably could divide the three things up. But really, what it's saying here is they're talking about when the Lord comes back, we are going to know. It's going to be announced. We're going to hear it. There's going to be a shout. There's going to be an archangel. There's going to be a trumpet. Let me give you an example. Imagine this. I lived in New York City, went to high school in Florida, never saw a tornado in my life. I go to Alabama. We're eating in the cafeteria. And the cook comes out. And she says, I don't want to startle y'all, but a tornado's coming. <laughs> we jumped up ran out of the building. And as we're running out of the building, now remember this, this is me with some football players next to me, and I am running out of the building. I hear a sound I never heard in my life before. I thought the tornado was right over my head. I thought I was dead. I ran a 4-1. I mean, those football players, they didn't even know what they had next to me. I knew. I was, I dusted them. They were gone. I could have made the football team. I said, I wish the coach was there that day. I was in there. I ran in that building so fast. I mean, nothing was going to stop. A tornado was coming. It was sudden. We were sitting there eating, just relaxing. And all of a sudden, when the Lord comes back, we're just going to be sitting there doing something, whatever it may be. All of a sudden, oh, the shout, the archangel, the trumpet. And voom. You're like, wow. <laughs> Unexpected. But yet it's coming. He says here, the Lord is going to descend from heaven. You're not going to miss it. Back then the word shout is when they would shout for their horses and shout and get them ready. The voice of the archangel. Is it talking about the archangel that we know or someone that we don't know? The trumpet. The trumpet was a sound that they would make in Exodus to say you're about to meet God. Wow, I like that. The shout, the archangel, the trumpet. Boom, there's a return. What's next after we return? There's a resurrection. Look what the text says. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with the shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. And notice what will happen. The dead in Christ will rise when? First. They'll beat us. Somebody says, wow, what is it talking about here? He's saying, I don't want you to grieve here because when the Lord comes back, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Doesn't mean they're going to come out of their graves looking like zombies. They're going to come out of their graves with glorified bodies. Oh, I'm so excited about my glorified body, aren't you? I'm going to have muscles in heaven. Boy, when you see me in heaven, I'm going to be walking around like this. Mm-hmm, how are you? Need the time? I'm going to be ripped to shreds. I am going to be as handsome as... I may be ugly, but nobody's going to tell me. There's no sin in heaven. They can't. I may think I'm handsome for eternity and maybe ugly. Who knows? But here's what the dead in Christ. Here's what's beautiful. He says, don't grieve. They're going to raise up. This is going to be amazing. 
They're going to have glorified bodies. And we who are alive, what's going to happen to us? We who are alive, notice what it says here. Here it is. There will be a rapture. Then we who are alive and remain will be what? Caught up. There it is. Ceased up together. Snatched together. Taken by force together. We will be together. Boom! We will go as well. So all of a sudden, here we are, and we're thinking maybe one day the coronavirus will hit us and we'll get killed, or maybe the vaccine will kill us, and if not, maybe our neighbor who keeps his music on all night will kill anyone. Maybe it's somebody who's going to kill us. Something's going to happen to us, or maybe that. And the Lord says, you don't know that. Maybe I'll come back. And in that moment when we're alive, we'll be snatched up. But here's what's beautiful about the rapture. Everyone says, well, I love the rapture. I can't wait for the rapture. I'm excited about the rapture. You know what? The, what I was like, there's two exciting things about the rapture right here in the text that we can't miss. We will be caught up. Notice this here. Together, there will be a reunion together with who? Who's the them? The ones that we're grieving over. In that moment, here's Grandpa Tom. We're together. And he wants Grandpa Joy in between us. Can you believe that? (laughs) Doesn't even want me next to him. And there's Dr. Myron. And you're like, wow. And, and, and the ones that, that we've lived with and we've seen pass on who have loved the Lord. We just, an, an IFCA brother just recently died. Jerry, what was his last name? Adams or, yeah, great. Man, I didn't know him well, but I knew of his testimony of how he loved the Lord. Well, he's there. Wow, we're together. Father with child, child with parent and grandparent, uh, spouses. It, it, it's amazing. Together with them. With them. Don't miss that. There's going to be a reunion. I'm all excited, Lord willing, in September we're going to have the Estrema family reunion. I haven't seen them since the funeral of my father. And I'm all excited because it's going to be a great time. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that. The, the, the getting together with all these Italians with big noses and one eyebrow. I mean, it is great. It is life. You know the mark of the beast? Well, the mark of the Italians are one eyebrow. Amen. My brother looks like Bert from Bert and Ernie. He's got this thick eyebrow that goes right across him. But anyway, I can't wait to get together with him. But how is the reunion going to be with our family of God? It's going to be absolutely amazing. He says, we're going to be together with them. And notice this here. And we are also going to be always with who? The Lord. Because not only there's going to be a reunion, my friends, there's going to be great relief. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more memory of the past, of the bad things that have happened. And the best part of heaven is we're going to be with Jesus forever and ever and ever. And the relief, because this life is hard. But now we're with Christ. And He'll wipe those tears away. And whatever those tears may mean, He'll wipe them away. And He'll sing, say to you, you are finally home. You ever hear that song? Just think of stepping in heaven and breathing what? Celestial air. 
and realizing that you are finally home, there's going to be relief. He says, don't grieve as those who have no hope. You're watching people die all around you. Don't grieve as those who have no hope because when Christ comes back, their bodies are going to come out of the grave. You're going to be raptured up with them. You're going to be reunited with them. And you're going to be with the Lord. There's great hope in that and there's great comfort. And he doesn't just say that to fill our heads. He says in this very next verse, we are to comfort one another with these words. So we ought to be talking to one another, encouraging one another, lifting one another up, using these words. You say, what's the comfort here? Here's the comfort. The comfort is based on the following. We will participate in the Lord's coming, whether we're dead or alive. The dead in Christ will go up with them as well. We will be reunited with our loved ones. Oh, I can't wait for that. And then here's a comfort. We will be forever with our Lord. I got to tell you two quick stories. This is about Grandpa Tom real quick. And we'll finish this up. <laughs> I, I went with him to get a, a surgery. And you know how they put those gowns on you and the back of the gown is not always... <laughs> right? So <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. So here's Grandpa Tom, and he's about to get this. And I'm nervous for him because I know anything touches him, he may not make it. You know, so I'm all nervous. And, and we're sitting there, and the nurse leaves the room, and it's just me and him in there. And he gets up out of the bed, and he bends down, and he moons me. <laughs> I said, Grandpa Tom, what are you doing? He goes, I always wanted to moon the pastor. <laughs> I can't get that. I don't even know if the rapture will take that out of my head. I hope when we're going up together, I don't see a moon. I don't know. Maybe I will. That blew me away. You'd think he would leave it between me and him. No, he didn't. As soon as the nurse came in, he goes, I just mooned the pastor. I said, Grandpa Tom, I don't even know how to pray for you after that one. And then imagine this. I mean, here he is. And, um, you know, I, COVID is going on and you can't see people in a hospital. And I go to the hospital and it was a Thursday night. And, um, and I figured they're not going to let me in. I say, hey, I'm his pastor. I'm also a grandchild through marriage and, and um, let him up. In fact, I got there just at time when they said no more visitors. And they said, since you're here, you can go up. You can go up. So I'm in the elevator by myself and I'm thinking, you know, what am I going to say to a man who's, you know, done so many things and so many things. And his first words out of his mouth were this, Jeremy, I'm ready to go home or I'm ready to go home. And you know what that means. Either I'm going home to my home or I'm going home to my Lord. Don't grieve as those who have no hope. We have hope. And the very fact that the Lord Jesus Christ has risen, we're going to rise one day. But maybe in his whole scheme of things, we, maybe we don't even see death. But if we do, 
It's just a comma, not a period. So here's the question I have. Do you have this hope? You say, Jeremy, I want it. The text is very clear. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we're okay. If we don't, there's trouble. So where's our trust? Is our trust alone in Christ's burial for our death, for our sins, burial and resurrection? Or is our trust in anything else? If our trust is in anything else, we don't have that hope. Our hope is built on Christ alone, faith alone, by grace alone. So I pray that while we watch these people around us dying in ways that we never imagined, that we don't grieve as those who have no hope, that we remember the hope of the resurrection and the hope of the rapture. And when people are suffering with that, we encourage them with these words. And we use the scriptures to help comfort their hearts. Let's bow in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with hope. Not the hope that some people in the world say, yeah, well, I hope to make it to heaven or I hope to get to church today or I hope to do this. No, not that kind of hope, but a certain hope. A sure hope that we're okay because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Our trust is in him alone. And Lord, whatever happens to this body, and we don't know what is going to happen to this body. It could be the coronavirus attacks it and we die. It could be cancer. It could be all kinds of car crap, anything, Lord. We know that we're okay because we're in Christ. And death is like sleep. It's not the end. It's just a comma. So Lord, help us to comfort one another with these words. Oh God, we see so many things around us. We wonder, is it today that the rapture is going to happen? Is it today, Lord, that, that you're going to send your son? And we say with our hearts, come Lord Jesus. We're ready to, to go. We want to go. Then I look at your word and I see probably the only reason why Christ doesn't come back right now and that's because he's patient, waiting for those to come to Christ and to be saved. Not willing that any should perish, but all come to the truth of repentance. Father, I pray. God, if there's anyone here or listening, Lord, that hasn't done that, that their trust is in anything else but Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, that today, this moment, right now, they would do and settle that with you and say, Lord, I believe, I trust in Christ alone. And then, Father, I pray for those who are grieving and struggling with, with the death that is going on, maybe someone they know or maybe even in their own bodies, that right now would be the moment of comfort where they say, Lord, I trust in you. I hope in you. 
Thank you for the great examples we have, like Grandpa Tom and many others in our lives, who not only knew about the hope, but lived the hope, talked about the hope. And at the moment, at the few moments even before he died, he had that hope. So God, help us to live that as well. We thank you for a wonderful, wonderful Resurrection Sunday together. Lord, you blessed in so many ways. You allowed us to be together, Lord. You allowed us to have fellowship together. We don't want to take any of this for granted. You allowed us to hear your words. But Lord, I pray that we would not be hearers only, but we would be doers as well. So help us, Lord, to live out the message today. And when someone asks you, how do you know he lives? We say he lives because he lives in our hearts. And he wants to live in your heart too if you accept him. We pray in his name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Oh, I clap.